You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. If you're traveling in your car, you can tell your smart device to play Locked on Packers. If you're at your house or your apartment or wherever you stay and you've got an Alexa or you've got a Google Home, you can tell that beautiful piece of machinery to play Locked on Packers. We're going to answer your questions today as part of our off-season work, and we just we inch closer to the regular season, to the preseason, and the, the football is almost here. Football is almost upon us. So I, I have gone back through the email inbox, through the Locked on Packers fan hotline. If you want to hit us up there, you can do that, 920-341-3775. And there, there were a lot of questions uh, that fell through the cracks over the course of the offseason. We had a lot to get to. We had a lot to talk about. And so some of this stuff is a little bit higher level. It is not so news specific. And so this is a good time for us to get to a lot of it. So let's start with this one. Uh, hi, Peter. Skyler from Indiana here. I was wondering which position, given the current roster, is our biggest weakness, linebacker or guard? I know we haven't seen much of Oren Burks, but his lack of snaps last year was concerning to me. Thank you. I don't think the lack of snaps as a rookie should be concerning. What we saw in the preseason was a player who could cover and who had some run game issues. That was what he was in college. When we look at this roster as currently constructed in the depth chart, I don't know that either of those positions is the biggest weakness right now. Uh, because Lane Taylor, I think, is still a good player. And if he's not, I really like Elton Jenkins and, and think that, that he can be a solution there. I think Billy Turner at right guard is certainly a capable player. And so th those are, by NFL standards, pretty good options. I mean, right now, and I was just talking about this on Twitter last night, right now, the only position where it is harder to find a quality player than offensive line is quarterback. You can find quality players at every other position with more ease than you can at offensive line right now. Just given the way that the differences of the college game versus the NFL game shake out, there are so many reasons why we are in this moment with offensive line play. The CBA is a huge reason for that. The amount of coaching these players can get, the amount of pad work 
that they can get is all, I think, really stunting the growth of these offensive linemen. So when teams get a guy who can come in and play as a rookie or can play as a even a year two player, that's a pretty huge boon for them. Uh, I think we have to see in some ways how the Packers want to play defensively. I think you can make the case that linebacker is that spot. I think you can make the case that if you really just want to paint it more broadly, it's overhang defender because it's not just linebacker. Oren Burks, if he can't do it, that was what Josh Jones was supposed to be for. Doesn't look like he's going to get that opportunity. Maybe someone like Natral Jamerson can step forward and be that that overhang defender, someone who can play in the box, who can play you know, nickel and dime linebacker, nickel safety, whatever you want to say. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different ways that the Packers, especially with Mike Patton, can deploy this personnel. We don't know if Warren Burks can be that guy. And even though we think Darnell Savage is going to be good, we don't know if he's going to be good. And and Mike Patton likes to play with three safeties. So is Oren Burks going to be good enough to play linebacker? Maybe. If he's not, who's the next guy? Do they do they bring in a safety? Is it Jamerson? Is it someone else? And if it's not, who is it? And so I think that is the position you have to look at. I think tight end is another one that you could point to in terms of, you know, are they ideally suited for this offense? Mercedes Lewis, obviously a great blocker, is not going to be a number one tight end. Uh, Jimmy Graham as a receiver, where is he? What is his situation? I mean, I think that's a very fair question. He was not up to standards last year, did not give them what they needed from him, particularly in the red zone. So I think tight end is on this list. Jay Sternberger, tight end, as a rookie, is a really hard position to play. So can he give them anything? We don't know. I think most of the other positions have at least one player you feel really good about, obviously running back, really solidified. Receiver, Devontae Adams, Geronimo Allison, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Matt, there's some good options there. Off- offensive tackle, I think we should feel really good about center. The defensive line is really good. And even if there is not a great starter next to to Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry is solid. Montrevious Adams is a player that I think we have to watch. Uh, and, you know, Tyler Lancaster was someone who, who showed some interesting things last year. Uh, and, and the cornerback group is, you know, it, it's young and talented, so I don't know if I would if I'm going to say that there are holes there. I like having Alexander King, Jackson Brown, and and Tremont Williams, and then you add Kadar Holman. You know that's a pretty solid in terms of talent. That's a pretty good group. I think when you look at holes, you have to think about where is the talent missing. And I think beyond Blake Martinez and Oren Burks, linebacker is that position because guard they have two guys that they think can start. And then two guys that they think could be the future of this team at guard. So I think the answer has to be linebacker for right now until we get a better understanding of like what Curtis Bolton can be. That's a player Jason Hershorn and I have talked about who could be useful here uh, and be a surprise player, a kind of sleeper on this team. Beyond that, I mean, James Crawford, what is he? He did some interesting things in OTAs. And made some plays. Maybe he can be an actual defensive player, not just a special a special teams maven. 
We'll see. There's a lot that that still has to shake out here. Michael Dawes from Cedar Rapids says, it's the time of the season for these questions. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. But what would have been of the Packers if Nick Collins, Jermichael Finley, and Sam Shields didn't have serious injury? Cornerback, safety, and tight end, those struggles would not have been there. Thoughts? This is a fascinating conversation and and one we talked about over the course of this offseason. In fact, a couple times, not just on, on Packers Twitter, but on Acme Packing Company. This was a Wednesday walkthrough question. Nick Collins is someone who, if the Packers had kept him, I think he changes so much about what we see on defense the next few years. 2011 goes differently, I think. And he was a young, still, you know, still ascending player, I think. You know, remember his pick six in the Super Bowl in 2010 was momentous. He was still a guy that that was on his way up. And and even though he was not in that Troy Polamalu, Ed Reed level of player, he was just a tick below those guys. I mean, he was a legit Pro Bowl safety. And to lose him and to have to play guys like Charlie Pepra and MD Jennings really hurt what this defense could do. You know, Jermichael Finley, for as talented as he was, I think you have to go back to 2009 and look at that guy, what he was in that Arizona game. He comes out in 2010 and is just a killer, tears his ACL, and is really never the same physically after that. But 2010, they won the Super Bowl with Andrew Corliss. 2011, they won 15 games without the guy that we saw in 2009. Now, Finley was on those teams in 12 as well. And, and, and so, you know, we can't, we can't discount that, but I I don't think the injury to Finley by that time in his career, he, he had become, he was still a very good player, but was, was not a field tilter in the way he had been earlier in his career. Obviously the Sam Shields injuries has huge trickle down effects in how the Packers have built their team. The cornerback position was a major problem. Maybe maybe that affects the Casey Hayward decision. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it affects their decision to draft Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins. Maybe it doesn't. The Nick Collins is the one for me that I think really stands out as being impactful here because you can, again, you can find tight ends. The Packers have gone on free agency the last few years and signed tight ends, talented ones. You look in the draft, you can get, I mean, Richard Rodgers was not, uh, you know, a great player, but Aaron Rodgers won the MVP in 2014 with Richard Rodgers as a rookie as his starting tight end. He had a huge season catching Hail Marys and catching other touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers in his career. He was a useful player. That field tilting ability of Jermichael Finley, we have to go really two injuries back with him to get back to that guy if if we can do that I think he he certainly belongs in this conversation and then Sam Shields even though he plays the premium position he had injury issues his whole career and so we can't just point to one and say well if he doesn't have that one I mean he was an injury plagued player with the concussions his whole career so that makes this whole thing uh difficult but I think I think Nick Collins is the obvious answer just because I think he was the most purely talented of those guys the most impactful potentially of those guys before all of this went down. And speaking of having an impact, the number one place that a lot of guys worry about having an impact in outside of work and even including work, frankly, is in the bedroom. 
Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence boost you need at BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Most guys talk a good game. Be the guy who can actually follow through. This is not just for guys who can't perform, but anyone that wants a little extra function in the bedroom. Bluetooth is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. All right, let's get to this question here. Hey, Peter, what's happening? Hello, Peter. What's happening? Colin in Kansasville here. We've had a lot of injuries over the years, important ones. And I would think having a group of talented players who can rotate and all remain fresh should help, right? The Eagles won a Super Bowl with a deep, talented front seven. What do you think? Thanks. Colin is, is absolutely right about this. And, you know, we, we talked about this the other, the other week with the Derwin James trade. It is the case that a franchise pass rusher, one of them, can wreck your team. Absolutely the case. Go back and look at how the Bears fared when Khalil Mack was hurt. They lost to the Dolphins. The Dolphins. They couldn't tackle anyone in that game, and they couldn't create pressure consistently. That one guy really hurt them when he was hurt. Obviously, when he was healthy... He was the, the maybe the best defensive player in the game. So that one player is is clearly important if you can get that that transcendent virtuoso player. If you don't have that guy, what you need is depth. And so what Brian Gutekunst has done is okay. So you have Nick Perry who is out. You have Clay Matthews who is out. You have Kyler Fackrell coming back. And you go get Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. All right, now you have three guys that you feel like you could start and you feel good about it. Those guys could, any any three of those guys could be your two starters. Any combination and you would feel good about it if you're Mike Patton. Then you go out and you spend the 12th overall pick on Rashawn Gary. And now you've got four guys, all of whom you feel comfortable starting. So that kind of depth is crucial. Okay. Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, Montrevious Adams, Tyler Lancaster, Kingsley Kiki, who you bring in, and Dean Lowry, who you already have on this roster, who's going to be a starter. Okay, so now you've got six, seven defensive linemen you feel good about. You've got four outside linebackers you think are starting caliber players. And, you know, you got a guy like Kendall Donerson. Maybe there's someone who who jumps out to you in, in the preseason in, in undrafted free agency. Maybe someone gets cut late. And suddenly you've got a defense that that's really got some stuff going. That that really has a defensive rotation. You can keep guys fresh. And what happens when you keep guys fresh? You lower the injury risk. Football is a game of attrition. The less snaps you can put out there. The, the fewer times that you can risk a player because every snap is a risk. 
So if you can say, okay, you're only going to play 60% of snaps, that is a huge benefit to your team because that is fewer opportunities for that player to get hurt. Now, it is fewer opportunities for that player to make splash plays, which is why you want that guy out there consistently. But when you have players you feel good about who you can put in and say, okay, maybe the drop in production is only 75%, 80%, then the risk of that drop-off is worth the reward of having your players healthy for the end of games for the end of seasons, for playoffs, and having them healthy. That that injury insurance is a critical part of that rotation. And I think too often that stuff gets lost. Colin is right to point out the Eagles. They won with depth. And the Patriots, they win with depth every year. They deal with injuries just like everyone else. In fact, they are one of the most injured teams in the Aaron Rodgers era. And yet they continue to win games because they they have depth and they have coaches that put those depth pieces in a position to succeed. That is what good coaches are able to do. And it, it really is a position the Packers with their front seven at least haven't been in in, in a number of seasons. I mean, truly. And maybe you have to go back to that 2010 team that had B.J. Raji and Colin Jenkins and Clay Matthews. But remember, even that team, I mean, Eric Walden was having to play huge snaps for that team. You're talking about the backup to the backup to the backup to the backup to the backup. But you have a virtuoso talent like Clay Matthews and you had... You know, Desmond Bishop in his prime, and you had BJ Raji in his prime, and you had these guys that could Colin Jenkins in his prime who could go out and make plays. The more players you have like that, especially when you don't have a singular talent, which the Packers don't right now, at least not that has stepped to the forefront as such, then depth becomes so essential to what they're able to do defensively all right hey peter what's happening hello peter what's happening i find it interesting that gutekunst has reconstructed a 2015 draft class by signing zadarius smith preston smith and adrian amos all 2015 picks could there be an underlying reason these players were targeted or just a coincidence casey in homer alaska so it is not a coincidence per se 2015 was not that long ago. That's the part that I think we have to take into account here. 2015 means these players are 26, 27 years old. It is also true that Green Bay in 2015 had a lot of swings and misses. That draft class is basically all but erased from the Packers roster. So they don't have guys from that draft class. And when you are a draft and develop team, you can't just take the collar on a draft class. You just can't do it. And the reason you can is not just the draft and develop part of this because you can always add in free agency talent. But what you can't add is young talent consistently and you can't add cheap talent. So the, the 2015 draft class being a bust for the Packers means that you know you should have a player 
in the first round who could potentially be on a fifth-year option. You, you should have some players who are in second contracts. And generally speaking, second contracts for players, even if they're just solid guys. I mean, let's say Zadarius Smith is on his second contract with Green Bay and he has the same production he had in Baltimore. He probably signs for less money than he got. Same for Preston Smith and same with Adrian Amos, assuming the Packers wanted to keep those guys had they been on their team through their their first contract in the league. When you go out into free agency, you have to pay a premium for these players because they are on the open market and this is just sort of how free agency works. You have to overpay. That is that is why Green Bay has prioritized their own players over and over again. And, and you end up looking back at them even as they're being signed, but a year or two later and you go, how did the Packers get Brian Bulaga to sign that contract? How did the Packers get Jordy Nelson to sign that first extension? How did the Packers get, and, and over and how did they get David Bakhtiari to sign that contract? Well, because when you can extend a player early because they're on your team and they like their situation, the team is winning and all those things, they say yes and you don't have to bid against the open market. They are basically paying a cost, that non-free agency bump for certainty. Okay, I'm going to get paid right now. I'm going to get this new contract and bang, I get to keep all this money. So when you hit on your own players, when you draft well, then two, three years in, you get to sign them to new contracts that are almost always less than commensurate quality players are on the open market. So while I think, you know, the 2015 part, it's not it's not that they're all 2015 class and, and that's important. No, they are players who their teams did not decide to prioritize because they thought they'd be too expensive on the open market. That ended up being true. Green Bay had to overpay at the very least for Zadarius Smith. I think Preston Smith got commensurate value to his abilities and Adrian Amos, I still think is a bargain. But the reason that they're all 2015 picks is not just that they were all 2015 picks. It's that they're young players and Green Bay whiffed on an entire class of young players. And so it was incumbent upon them to backfill those spots and say, here, we need these guys. Even if it takes more money to do it, that's what they were able to accomplish. That is the underlying reason. Now, it is a coincidence that they were all 2015, but in some ways it's not because they were all 2015, which means they're all hitting the market at once. So from that standpoint, you know, you, you target young players, you target players you think are undervalued that hit free agency. Well, they're all hitting free agency at once because they're all coming off rookie contracts and their teams decided they would become too expensive. Green Bay proved that by paying them. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Just a quick reminder for the latest takes on NBA free agency, follow all of the Locked On NBA podcast network hosts on one Twitter feed at Locked On NBA net. It's an awesome way to get all the latest opinions from the local experts during NBA free agency, Locked On NBA net. Remember to be listening to Locked On Bucks and and whatever team that that you root for in the NBA, there is a Locked On for, so go find them. Uh, We're going to be back tomorrow, as I said, uh, and back next week. So we are going to have shows for the 4th 
uh, you're, you have the whole weekend to listen to it, so I won't be offended if you don't get to it on the 4th, but it's a great thing. You have friends over, you, you're cooking out. They're Packer fans. Put on the put on the thing. Put on the podcast. Let's listen to it. Let's gather around the campfire, make some s'mores, have a couple adult beverages, and talk some Packers. It's going to be a great time. We're going to be back next week, and some really exciting interviews coming. Uh, if you haven't listened to the Indama Kinsu or Darius Slay interviews, go back to that. But I've got Packers interviews coming, and I'm excited about it, so uh, you should be too. So we're going to get to that in the upcoming weeks. The training camp schedule is out. Go take a look at it. We are we are mere days away. I guess weeks, but but days are part of weeks, so it all works. Uh, so training camp is going to bring us a lot more clarity on what's going on with the Packers, who they are, and what they can be. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast, iTunes. Leave a review on iTunes, a rating, five stars preferably. Thank you very much. Spotify, Google Play, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to be a part of a show just like this one, you can by hitting up the Locked on Packers fan hotline 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.